Hello and welcome to another episode of the Plastics Podcast, a show where three American wankers try to figure out what voodoo ritual Daniel Levy performed this weekend. You're joined by Adamola Lookman, superfan Mandy Gaylor. Yes, I am. Alexander Lacazette's dad, Blair Lacrosse. Wee! <laughs> and myself, Jacob Burke. Wild action this week, the title decider that didn't decide. Man City hosts Liverpool to a thrilling tie. Some other games happened as well, but it doesn't matter. Who knows? It depends on how long we talk about this fixture. That and why going to a New York Mets game can decrease your risk of cancer. Welcome to the Plastics Podcast. I uh, would like a um, op-ed from both of you as to why both the Man United Everton game and the Norwich Burnley game were more important than Man City Liverpool. Well, <laughs> I know you've got. I've got good reasons for this. No, yes. let me think about this. The well, okay, Everton getting the three points in the fashion that they did is amazing. It is remarkable. Um, they are failing upwards. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it, they like you. Uh, they shot the ball off of Harry Maguire <laughs> into the net. Poor Harry Maguire. <laughs> like, there's nothing the guy can do. He's just constantly getting barraged with with shots that go off of him in weird ways, perfectly into the corners of his own net. You really, uh, honestly, in that sense, you really do hate to see it. Like, it's nowhere near his fault. <laughs> he's just but so he, unlucky. He's <laughs> just this guy. He's got, like, a magnet for bad things happening to him. Yeah. And, like, the worst face for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so just like the way they scored, and then they just basically stopped playing soccer for like the last 30 minutes of the game. <laughs> it, it, it was just like it, it, Ronaldo's shot like ricocheting off of uh, Pickford's wrist. Like, yeah. it wasn't really even like a goalie save. He just kind of like swung his like, uh, like a club fist at the ball, and it just kind of hit him in the wrist. Do we want to talk about the foul on um, the cell phone from Ronaldo? Ooh. Yeah, is that a red card? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, I don't know. It might be some simulation from the cell phone. Uh, yeah, uh, Ronaldo stomps a on uh, a fan's cell phone while exiting the uh, stadium and so has probably taken some flack on social media. He issued a apology, I believe, on Instagram somewhere. I don't know. That was kind of wild. The Telegraph really? reports that the police yeah. are quizzing him about it. Quiz. Which <laughs> what kind of a, phone was it? Is a funny way to say that he's yeah. in trouble. Honestly, if it was Android, it doesn't matter. But Those break themselves. Yeah. So. If it, you know, I think it really only counts hey, if it's an not, iPhone. Let's not uh, <laughs> alienate any kind of fan we have. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I think it just shows the state of um, Manchester United right now. Obviously, that is a frustrating uh, result for them, and so they're going to stomp on it. Uh, yeah, that plus uh, Norwich 2, Burnley 0 really just... Um, puts a hamper on Burnley's uh, relegation yeah. escape. It basically does nothing for Norwich. Like they just have yeah. a nice three points they can go home and, and show to their parents and put up on the <laughs> on, on the fridge. But like it does Mom, like Dad, look. really nothing for them. Yeah. So like this is just points for Burnley to lose, and they lost all of them. Mm. So what can you do? <sighs> How? Uh, uh, you know, you guys have a good week outside of uh, outside of that. You know. Outside of soccer. Outside of soccer. Yeah. Outside of I'd soccer. It was a pretty good week. Yeah? Yeah, I think the Pistons lottery odds are looking pretty good right now, so that's good. Are we uh, back and forth for lottery We are odds? in third, okay. I think. Yeah, uh, this is, sure this is a uh, group of native uh, Detroit sports fans, so you might hear some Lions, Tigers, uh no anti bears. anti bears, uh, anti Chicago Bears, uh, Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, and Pistons chats. Mostly Pistons, probably. But it was opening weekend today here in America That's for true. all of uh, the sport, the great pastime known as baseball. Thank God we're not a baseball podcast. It is definitely pastime. Yeah, baseball. We need to have a, we need to have a conversation about baseball. That is a dying 
I want to take a moment, though, while we're just on baseball, to talk about legendary Mets coach Buck Shoewalter. <laughs> just, just, you don't have to know anything about the guy. Just listen to the name Buck Shoewalter. Incredible. Incredible. I'm a Mets fan. Let's go. Yeah, there's some, there's some good names in, in baseball. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a, a manager named Dusty. Dusty Baker. Oh yeah, that's that's good. That's yeah. why you want plenty of dust on your uh, bread. Yeah, your fresh fresh baked bread. He's just yeah, exactly. Dusty Baker. He is a seventy two year old man. Um, I don't even know if my brain would be functioning that well at seventy two. Nope, mm-hmm. mine definitely wouldn't. Nope. I think he's like, I don't. I don't know anything about baseball. I think he's okay. I don't know. Um, that's how. That's how, man. That's how it decreases your risk of cancer. You are constantly thinking about stats and numbers. Your brain's always going. Jacob, how was your week? Hang on. I want to talk about you for a second, Maddie, because oh. this is going to be probably m- somewhat me focused for the next like while. So <laughs> let's let's talk about you. Oh, what do you want to know? Uh, the How's fact that I didn't know the Mets logo and that I got yelled at well, over You don't Instagram. have to bring up the negative. You. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to talk about the negative part. I was going to say, I, did, I also, learned a lot yeah, about Also, yeah, he literally <laughs> said, it's the Mets dot, dot, dot. Was if anything, was he sassy. was trailing off. He was sassy. <laughs> it was intentionally sassy. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> you should know. You should have known. I got that. I got the full uh, effect of the sass. Uh, my week was busy. Busy? Yeah, yeah. A lot of work, a lot of prep, a lot of interviews. Maddie's uh, busy job hunting, so this has been... Busy. I'm being, like, headhunted, basically. Well, okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good week. I wrote before the game is a little summary that I thought I'd read. Um, in a heavyweight match for the season, Manchester City host Liverpool. A game that Liverpool need to win and Manchester City need to fend off. This game will more than likely decide the season. And wouldn't you know it, uh, it was a tie and didn't necessarily decide anything. Mathematically, one team had to drop points, but both teams did here. With a 2-2 draw at the Etihad. What a rocket ship, supersonic, balls-to-the-wall match that started and did not stop the entire time. Where's your heart rate at right now? Because during the game, I couldn't place it. I... Yeah, I mean, I was incredibly nervous before the game. I think from what I was gathering from the signals you two were sending my way, that you were more confident in Liverpool than I was afraid of Manchester City, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Um, and Manchester City came out swinging. They did. But, yeah, I was I was very nervous. I It was the moment that Allison had to save that shot from Kevin De Bruyne in like the first five minutes of the game that I got you got that like sinking feeling like oh no is it gonna be like this and that first goal really just put me down put me down in the, yeah. in the dumps it came quick yeah the, the, the first shot I think it was from Sterling right that uh, the was it sir I thought it was De Bruyne honestly <clears throat> De Bruyne was he went he went demon mode in this Sterling game. didn't score yeah because Allison saved it Oh, okay. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. It was it was Sterling shot from pretty close range. That I mean, it basically like was like the opening attack of the game, and Allison's like kind of full stretch, and he just like pokes his toe. It was crazy. He just sticks his foot out as far as he can because it's behind him, and he gets yeah. A foot on it. Kevin De Bruyne creates the creates the chance, but Sterling takes the shot, and then like not. 15 seconds later, like there's this weird cluster in the midfield and like two, uh, I think Mane uh, gets mixed up with uh, another Liverpool player and De Bruyne like kind of takes advantage of the chaos, takes the ball and just shoots it and it deflects off of uh, Joel Matip and it goes just beyond Allison's reach and it's one uh, nil Manchester City five minutes in and we adjust. I mean, I, so it was cool because we, we went to the Monroe which is the Liverpool bar in Brooklyn, and it was full. They had a sign on the door that said, no, please don't come in, we are full. And you look in, and it's just, you know, 
impact. So uh, the lady sends us down the block to Patty's Park Slope, Blair's Arsenal Bar, Patty's in uh, Park Slope, and so we uh, watched the game in an Arsenal bar. But I, I think it was mostly Liverpool fans that were there. And yeah. when you know, we sat next to two people from Liverpool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Had some uh, had some uh, native stake in the game. You know, they they were just as nervous as we were, or as I was, I should say. Um, and we talked to them about just you know Liverpool in general, and they talked to us about New York. And turns out there was a twenty five year wait for uh, season tickets at uh, the uh, at Anfield, which is an insane amount of time to wait for sports tickets. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I think like those things like you know, with the team success, like that sort of stuff starts to happen, right? Like all of a sudden, like everybody wants to get in on the, the action and yeah, there's just a lot of demand for these things. Should have bought it up in like the two thousands. Yeah. Get a buy low, sell high. Yeah. So they, um, sorry, that was a bit of a quick jaunt outside the game. So yeah, let's talk about Kevin De Bruyne. Cause he scored the first goal. He really just was everywhere. This game, he was running all over the place I mean, like, full throttle. I don't know what he took before the game, uh, but it couldn't have been legal. Um, and he, I mean, was incredibly dangerous on the counter. Some of his passing was just crazy. A lot of Manchester City passes this game were crazy. I mean, like, you could, you could think about, like, every aspect of this game, and it was just dynamite. I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah, it's sort, of a, it's sort of hard to know, like, where... The conversation begins because it was just like right from the opening whistle. Like the game was, it was insane. Like I, I, I didn't have a stake in this game at all. And like you just like walk out of the, the bar at full time. And it's like, you're just kind of like jittery. You know, you're just like, what did I just watch? Because like, yeah, it was really just like, just two like Goliaths going at it. And just like, it was like, to me, the sort of narrative arc of the game was kind of perfect. Like, 2-2 the sort of timing of the goals it was like one one team punched and the other team punched back like pretty quick after you know mm -hmm. like yep. it was just like really nice uh really nicely like structured that way and so like it kind of had this vibe where like no team could really like rest control of the game i mean like city i think for the most part in the first half like were you know yeah, good they were good they were probably better and then like the second half it was just like a toss up you know and yeah i mean it was just uh, just like so fun to watch. It was just overall just a blast to watch. Yeah, I, I would say between the two halves, City had the advantage in the first half for sure. They were the better team, and I think it was kind of even in the second half. Yeah. I think that the nature of the game kind of favored City because they didn't need to grab it. They could have kind of sat back and like let it, but they but they didn't. They didn't sit back. They they went for it as well. Um, let's go to the second goal, which was Diego Yoda, and this was I think the best goal of the game, in my opinion, because it was so well worked. Uh, they caught Ederson out of position, but Andy Robertson is at the edge of the eighteen on the left side. He delivers this beautiful curling cross to Trent Trent Elgar Arnold, who is sitting just at the touchline, basically, and he just one touches it to uh, Diego Yoda, who's like sitting in the middle of the eighteen, and he just puts it home, and Ederson can't do anything because he's caught out of position. Just so well worked, and it, coming off a, a nice team play sequence, uh, it was a great response from Liverpool, and I think that just gave them the confidence, gave the fans the confidence too, to get back in the game because you sit there and you see uh, City just run the field for the first, uh, I don't know, yeah, it's like 15 minutes of the game. And you're thinking, okay, well, our entire midfield has effectively been marked out. And they were. And so Liverpool had to rely on these defensive long balls to the forward line. And it worked this time. And then you're like, okay, we have a way forward and we can do this. And so that first goal, I mean, for Liverpool, fantastic. Yeah. So great. Diego Yoda has been just an incredible signing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody expected it to go that well <laughs> when they bought it from nope. Wolves. Um, yeah, he's definitely uh, performed beyond expectations for sure. And yeah, I mean, the the nature of the goal was really nice. It was just a bunch of, just a, a series of really quick, precise, you know, passes, like just bang, bang, boom. And it was a goal. And even like Ederson, like if you see the replay, he kind of gets part of his arm or like his body to it, but like it just happened so fast. Like he just didn't really have yeah. time to respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like and th that was 
Oh, you know what? No, there was one more goal. Right. Yeah, I guess let's let's talk about um, Liverpool's front three because that's what basically who what was involved here. Um, Mane started uh, at left wing. Uh, Yoda started as the uh, striker and Salah on right wing. It's tough to say, you know, what because they all contributed to a goal uh, in some way. Mane and Yoda scored. Salah with an assist. I, I think uh, Salah was uh, pretty well marked by um, Cancelo and uh, Silva when he was there for the most part. I, he, he didn't have a lot to go off of. And you can tell he was getting frustrated because he would try these things that would, <laughs> looking at the play, be a worse move than to simply like cross it in or pass it to someone else. He uh, tried to dribble around someone and it just didn't work because he wasn't fast enough to get by both like uh, Cancelo and then like Laporte or even Walker would sometimes float in over. Kyle Walker, man, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a track star, man. He 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 hasn't he hasn't seemed to slow down, uh, or at least in this yeah. game, he took whatever De Bruyne took before the game because they were both flying around for sure. Any footage of uh, all the Kyle Walker runs that they were pinging to him just over the track? He's a runner. He's a track star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they. I think that was the bit. The I mean, I don't know if it was, but the most popular pass to me was that just giant diagonal long ball into Kyle Walker who had acres of space and he would just, you know, receive it like no big deal. And then continue down the line as Liverpool tried to get their men back. Cause, uh, this, this high line that Liverpool were holding city said, yeah, man, I see it, but I'm just going to continue my game. And it worked. Uh, there was several times where their high line just didn't work. And I think the biggest offender for the high line was Trent Alexander Arnold. He couldn't play that well and that's how the third goal came about with uh sterling yeah beautiful ball in from cancelo and yeah trent's like tracking i'm sorry i'm sorry jesus's run gabriel jesus he's tracking jesus's run in the box and then he kind of he kind of stops i I, it was weird yeah i don't know i don't know what his read maybe he thought he was offsides or something uh he just stopped on the play jesus to his credit i think that that finish was really nice because he, he just like tracked the ball in and then he kind of jumped in the air and, and hit it bar down uh, over Allison. It, it really was like, I mean, that delivery in from Cancelo was just beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the delivery, the finish, it was it was really superb. If it, if it wasn't the best goal, it was the second best goal of the game for sure. Yeah, he did finish it really well. There was nothing Allison could have done. And uh, to, to I think that largely that's what, That was the big contribution from Jesus. I didn't personally see much else from him uh, this game. Um, In terms of the other players, I'm sure, like, you know, he he was doing stuff, but I guess there were so many other players that were just more noticeable to me. But talk about Trent for a second. There was a couple of decisions in the first half that just didn't make sense from him. Uh, A couple of passes that went errant that just were unlike him. Try to chip uh, Ederson from like the halfway line at some point. And yeah, I think it was he let Jesus in for the run and then he let in, I think, Sterling for another shot that went wide. Uh, he just wasn't on it with the high line. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like the center backs were kind of discombobulated too. I mean, the, the defense just, it, I don't know, it, it seemed a bit iffy to start for sure. I, maybe they were just kind of caught off guard by how quickly City started because, I mean, they put together that really nice attacking move, you know, basically right off the bat that uh, we talked about with Allison making a nice save. And, it yeah, it seemed like it took them a while to get their bearing. And I I don't know, I mean, it's like, I think there's, there's like this been eternal debate about, well, recently at least, about, about Trent and his defending prowess. And it's like, this isn't really the game for that, like, I mean, like, obviously you shouldn't judge these things over one game periods. Like, it doesn't make any sense to do. But, like, you're talking about Trent having to who, having this hyper-specific role where he gets far, pretty far forward and then also trying to cover that space when you've got, you know, Foden, Silva, and Cancelo on that side. Like, uh, Sterling making runs on that side. Like, it, it's just, like, a really, really tall order for him to do both. Yeah. And, like, I just think it's, like... I think it's people trying to find flaws in a player's game and it's like just like really nitpicky and like i don't know i i just think like he's just a very good player and people like try to find the flaws in very good players game for whatever reason yeah i think i I don't really get it myself uh he's a fantastic playmaker and that is what liverpool utilize him as he's a he's a fine defender Right, he he does what he needs to do for the team, and like I, I don't, I think holding him to this 
different standard that Klopp certainly isn't is so unfair. Yeah. 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 And, and like there was that, there was the one mental error on the, on the third goal, but like, yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I think you, you look at any player on the team uh, during the game and they made some brain dead moves. Uh, Tiago probably should have been sent off um, for that second foul. He got away with it. Final I'm glad play. he did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean like uh, De Bruyne made a foul, didn't get called for it. So it's just, you know, I think a lot, a lot happened. And uh, Anthony Taylor had to make some calls in terms of fouls this game that in like not send people off. I honestly think he did a fine job with officiating. Yeah. Like he, I think, you know, he definitely, he definitely managed the, managed this game really well. There's and, a, it was at the, the Manchester conspiracy where I don't know who is in the, bo- in the VAR room. It's Paul Tierney. We always forget this guy's name. Yeah. And it was Anthony Taylor who was the head ref on the field. Yeah. Anthony Taylor. And someone else. doesn't matter. Uh, but they're both from Manchester. And so a lot of people, when they, when um, Premier League put out the officials for the game, they were like, oh, Manchester, they're going to buy the game. And, I mean, maybe, but I, I think to <laughs> to do that is kind of unfair because obviously you can't, I don't know. I, I think they did fine. I think if you were to take this game as the example of like Manchester City trying to influence a game, this isn't it because, you know, they, they did a fine job of officiating. It's a tie. It's a 2-2 tie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There was I, no game-changing call anyway. Yeah. I think like... It was, it was an, I, I like the way it was managed. It was pretty ideal. Like they didn't allow it to get out of control where players are like, you know, injuring each other and things like that. It's yeah. so like he kept it within bounds. He didn't send anybody off, which would have just fundamentally changed the dynamic oh. of the game. And like the game was just so good. Like yeah. the Tiago foul, like the second one, I think it was definitely like a pretty, pretty good, uh, candidate for a yellow card, like a second yellow, but like, I'm just glad he didn't get it. Cause like, yeah, it just would have changed what was you know, the highest level of soccer that we've seen all season. It really was. Manny, you've been quiet. Did you have any thoughts on the game? Liverpool have, in my mind, been like this standard of like precise passing and precise movement. And today, they're, uh, I think, Matip and Alexander-Arnold did not, pass that well especially in the first half it was very weird because it, it also could have just been city was in the right place at the right time at all times but there were a lot of times where they would pass straight to city's feet and it was like what are you looking at yeah and yeah. i and, and i don't think i've ever seen liverpool in that kind of position where you're like did you just pass <laughs> it straight to them I mean, and it felt yeah. very chaotic Manchester City are very good at pressing, and they definitely outpressed Liverpool today. I feel like they read you guys. They read your passes sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like I think red's too far, but they definitely they, Liverpool looked way more nervous on the ball than you usually see them. Some pretty like fundamental errors, like passing straight to a City defender or. Um, you know, going way too far with a with a pass upfield, and I mean, it's it's a big like a big occasion, right? Against like arguably the best team in the league uh, at their stadium, uh, you're only a point behind. The nerves, I mean, they're, they're human. You yeah. know, they're not machines. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this this day gets to them, and so I totally get it. Although, you know, I think it would have been great if they just put one more goal past. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's talk about the second half for a bit because there was one more goal because Liverpool, they were like Naruto. Naruto. Uh, They came back and they, uh, after being beat down by Sasuke, well, to call Sasuke Manchester City, and uh, they they got beat down by Sasuke and they got back up and um, said one more time. And they scored in the 46th minute from a beautiful, beautiful finish from Sadio Mane. And a uh, beautiful pass to him. Oh, yeah. I was in yeah. awe yeah. of that pass. It was amazing. It was amazing. I yelled before the ball <laughs> even went into the net. I, I was busy writing my notes 
and I heard you guys, and I didn't see the pass. Yeah. I looked up and saw Mane finish it. So I, I couldn't tell you. Could you describe to me the play, please? It was Salah. He just had like this left-footed pass that sort of curled through midfield straight to Mane around... I'm not sure who it was that was tracking him, uh, the, the defender. But yeah, I, I can't quite recall like the exact details. I just remember Salah just putting a beautiful pass that just, yeah, just right curled, right, two. curled right to, to Mane. And I mean, it was like a perfect goal, really. It was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really lovely. They just broke down City just immediately. What was it, the 46 minute too, right? Like it was like right out of half time. They just kind of sprinted out of the gate. Like, all right, yeah, we're going to get one back and then uh, we're going to go from here. Yeah, they really set the tone with that goal in the second half. And it was just like, you know, game on, you know, at that point. So, yeah, really lovely stuff. Yeah, and it never felt like... It never felt like there was gonna there was a lull in the game, so you never yeah. felt like. Uh, I mean, like I guess we can just end the game now. It always felt like there might be a goal here. You never yeah. felt yeah. like, oh, I can go to the bathroom now. Yeah, I literally <laughs> not. I didn't go to the bathroom, and I had to. And I'm like, I can't, I can't miss any second of this. And so I'm just. Also, the bathroom was just always full. There was everyone just going in and out. Um, but that's a bar. We we don't go to bars much these days. Uh, yeah, it it was crazy. I wrote down here. I got the who was it here? Yes, in the my my fourth note here. Arnold Alexander Arnold is now playing more of a fullback role. I think Klopp went at halftime, talked to him saying, "Hey, you're not a wing back. You're a fullback." So he played a bit more back, and he did better. Uh, his second half was largely improved on the first. And I have our Fancy Pants Players squad, the flashiest boys of the match. <laughs> and I'll read them off to you. Phil Foden, Joao and Kevin De Bruyne. No Liverpool players. The, the all of Man City players. Tiago might have deserved a shout. He had a couple of really beautiful passes. Tiago does but- the thing where he just passes it, and you know it's Tiago passing, so you don't think of it in the moment like, wow, it's a fantastic pass. But then, like, the ball is still in the air after, like, four seconds. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I remember that because I was thinking, like, would it be, could you do a strategy where you just try to kick the ball in the air as high as possible to burn time at the end of a game? And I think, I think Tiago would be really good, a really good candidate for doing that. <laughs> just, like, launching it in the air, yeah. hoping the wind doesn't blow it out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was this guy I played uh, basketball with in high school who, he, he like stopped getting playing time kind of midway through his basketball career in high school. And so he just sort of gave up. And when he would get on the court, he would just take these ludicrously like high three point shots. So it just like sky up like to the moon. And you're like, there's no way it's even, get, it's not even going to hit the rim. And like somehow it would like, you just like watching the arc. You're just like, that doesn't look natural at all. <laughs> he, he was, he was there to put on a show. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was just messing around. Watch me. Yeah. <laughs> Witness me. Yeah. I mean like, honestly, Ty, it's it's hilarious because this the scoreline mirrors the first game yes. in no, uh, October. Uh, Liverpool go up in October, Man City meet. Liverpool do it again, Man City meet. This time, Man City go up one, Liverpool meet, same thing. At their separate stadiums, 4-4 four, four aggregate. There is nothing separating these two teams between each other. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? The, the crazy part is... Except um, for one point. Well, yeah, but like... Those, those are, <laughs> My God. <laughs> shut up. Uh, those, I mean, like between each other in just their context, right? Like only Man City and Liverpool have this great... They, they've fostered this fantastic rivalry now that I think will be remembered after Klopp leaves, after Pep leaves. And I think there's always going to be a little bit of juice now in this fixture because they've pushed each other to this limit, much like Sasuke and Naruto. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it's this is a really uh, fantastic uh, cultural ri- cultural rivalry uh, between these two just just incredible teams. And you, what I realized just now, um, they have to do this again in six days for the FA Cup semifinal. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Schedule, beautiful scheduling. Uh, so Manchester City, uh, I'm, I'm going to, because um, I want to read you their fixtures uh, of recent. Um, they have played, they went from Atletico Madrid uh, in the Champions League to Liverpool today to Atletico Madrid in the Champions League to Liverpool in the FA Cup. <laughs> It's just like a hell of a schedule. It is a hellish schedule. <laughs> and the fact that they like look, they're not like dead. Like 
we were talking about this in the walk home. Like Kevin De Bruyne literally did a full field sprint on the in the ninety second yeah. minute. He was Kevin uh, the Energizer De Bruyne. He was Kevin De Runner. There you go. De We all got it. We all got it. <laughs> I'm not going to try. But like, yeah, and we've we've seen him play games this season where it's like yeah, he's kind of looking. He's kind of starting yeah. to look a little old, and he did not. He did not look that old this game. Like I think the energy of the, yeah. the of the event the sort of occasion like all the players were just like yeah we're we're uh we're maxing out for this game it doesn't matter but you know what i really appreciate because you said this is like a new cultural rivalry between these two teams it's not new but like it's it's it's, it's like a new contextual rivalry yeah like it's not a angry rivalry like oh, it's so dumb it's so dumb it's the war of the roses it's like pep tries to compliment Klopp and then Klopp will say something even nicer not, and I'm it'll escalate to the point the where they're managers. making out in the post-match conference. I'm not even saying between the managers. I'm oh, saying okay. the, the players are not out for literal blood during the mm, game. Yeah. Like, I don't think during the game I was like, wow, this one player is really, really mad at the entire team and he is going, he's yeah. trying to injure it. Like, it felt like a very respectful game between two very, very decent teams mm. that are playing <laughs> and they respect each other, but they also want to win. Just some nice boys. Just some nice boys. I just <laughs> don't like watching when, when, when they go out for blood, it's like, it's no fun because I don't like to watch people get injured. Yeah. It, it makes me very nervous. And I wasn't nervous during this game. I was excited mm -hmm. because the play was exciting mm -hmm. and there was never anybody like, Oh God, he's going to go up for the ball. That is a good point. Yeah. Um, it's much, it's much a less intense, uh, personal play here. And that's, uh, something that is more characteristic in, uh, the quote newer game, uh, older, older games, older matches, uh, were much more violent. That's when you see like all the old commentators on like, I don't know, BBC or with Sky, you're like, oh yeah, you've got, I want that. And like, you know, uh, you, you don't help him up. He plays for Man United. Like we walk away and like, you know, it's, it's all very like Roy Keane, you know, just like he's scowling at the camera and just like, oh, he's mugged off that one. And you know, it's, it's just, but this is, this is, I guess the new age of uh, soccer football where uh, people help each other up, you know, give each other a kiss on the cheek and keep playing. Pep literally did kiss. kiss hello, <laughs> yeah. on the Middle During of the play. Game. Yeah. He was like, what? 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 <laughs> Coach, I'm playing right now. Dad, I'm playing. God, yeah. stop embarrassing me. There is something that happened to, I guess, uh, professional, I guess, male athletes in the nineties where, I guess it was probably because like they weren't going to therapy at the time. And so like going out on the soccer field and, and kicking the shit out of each other was like just what they did. But like, if you just watch, like if you watch the NBA, like I was listening to uh, blood in the garden, which is like a story or a book about the Knicks in the nineties, those guys would go to practice and they would kick the shit out of each other for like two hours. And like their coach would run them into the ground and then they go play a full slate of games and they just do that to their opponent. They would just beat the shit out of each yeah. other. Yeah, and that was a sport. It's yeah. like, how did they make it through the whole season? <laughs> there was an entire sport, sport dedicated. Go do that. Who says it's they made it? Blair. Boxing. I don't, they really, they must not have. Like, there. It's just like you think now about how highly, like, uh, detailed the training regimens, the diets, yeah. all the all the things they do to keep their bodies in tip top shape, and like thirty years ago the primary defensive tactic for a center in the NBA was to punch a guy in the face. If he came anywhere near yeah. that and that was it. <laughs> Just a light nut. It's tap. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it really is like everything about sports, but for now, but like, and versus 30 years ago, it's just wild. Like, the the whole culture around like substances, you know, like uh, drinking and smoking or doing drugs or whatever, like 30 years ago. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. You're yeah. not playing right now. Sure, go drink some beers and you know do a bunch of cocaine in a club. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. <laughs> that, that, that's a good point. <laughs> now it's it's like everyone uh, that plays soccer at a high level eats like raw fish and only rice, and yeah. um, you know it, it gets exposure to sunlight only thirty five and a half minutes a day, and <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's crazy how uh, well regulated these athletes are, and it, I think it may be personally it takes a bit of the flavor out of the game because everything's a bit more sterile it's Manicured. like yeah exactly and so yeah that's uh, true i do like and this this might be the uh 
uh, the Y chromosome talking, uh, <laughs> I do like a bit more violence in the sport. Uh, <laughs> I want to see people hate each other for only that 90 minutes. And then once it's done, you know, revert back to being humans. But I'm not saying that these two teams did not hate each other. I'm saying that they literally weren't out to break someone's ankle. Yeah, no, I mean, no, that, that going out onto the field to, with the intent to physically harm someone is obviously like uncalled for. Like some of the old rivalries that are like in blood, you know, like Liverpool, Everton, yeah, the, the derbies, the derbies, those get so violent and and yeah. I get scared watching them because someone is going to pay the price for it. But this seemed like there was enough respect. Even when like people went to help other people up, they were yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. It was, I mean, like the, there's a bit of violence and also a bit of theater, right? You have to upplay yeah. the injury. Like, especially in, the same things in basketball too. Like when you get knocked down, you have to really play out the fall. Like when, 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 Basketball players fall back. They fall back and then they slide another ten feet. <laughs> like it, it's Into required to see. Like you see how hard he pushed me, man. And yeah, it's so it, that's also plays it up, and I think that makes the uh, fights look way more dramatic. It's like being on a movie set, you know. Yeah, I think too. Some of it is probably a little more subtle now. Like I, I think there's still probably some of that physicality that we just like don't necessarily sense just as viewers and the camera just doesn't pick it up as much. Like, I think like tactical following is still very much a thing that's in play and uh, teams very much still do it. And, you know, over time that sort of thing can accumulate. I was, I would assume on a player's body, he's frequently getting, you know, kicked in the shins and the ankles all the time. So, yeah, I mean like there are some of the more cynical sides of the game where it's kind of like, yeah, if we have to to stop a goal soaring threat, you know, we're going to take the guy down. But yeah, no, I mean, like this game, well, while not uh, violent for violence's sake, was very intense foul wise. Uh, players yeah, yeah. were colliding into each other left and right to tactically, quote unquote, foul the other person to stop the play. And there were a lot of uh, down players for at different points in the game. They, I mean, they didn't stay down and there was no injuries, thankfully, but. Um, very intense. Uh, there were 20 fouls committed in the game. That is a shit ton of fouls. <laughs> yeah. uh, just pardon my French. Uh, I think some of it was also just trying, yeah. the ref just trying to keep control over the game, which I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. So some of the fouls were like, hey guys, maybe you just need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you could see like there are some times where he's like, I could have given you a card there, but like, I'm just going to walk over to you. I'm going to point, I'm going to point at you very sternly. Now, not an agree. Yeah. Okay, now let's get back. <laughs> Tell me you hear me. Repeat what I said. <laughs> uh, in terms of stats, I just want to read off some, excuse me, some uh, long ball stats. Um, they had, uh, Liverpool had 30 accurate long balls. Manchester City had 41. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like the strategy from City was very clear to me. Like it was big switches from uh, like basically one they fullback to the other. That diagonal ball. Yeah, it was it was diagonals like in the spaces behind Liverpool's uh, fullbacks, and then it was also just uh, their forwards kind of sitting on the hips of Liverpool defenders, and then long balls over the top of the back line, yeah, yeah. and seeing if you could win in a foot race. Yeah, Liverpool really just said go run uh, to try and get past City's defense, and it really honestly didn't work that well. Um, I mean, there was uh, it was just relied on some brilliant finishing from you know our front three, and Man City I think brilliantly was able to control the game. They controlled the game, right? I think yeah, because they they really didn't let Liverpool necessarily like run at them yeah. with the ball. It was a lot of like having to unpick the defense with just a series of nice passes. I mean, you talk about. Um, you know, both goals for Liverpool came off of just some superb passing. Yeah. And that's what it took because yeah, Liverpool or city really closed down the midfield and the, the goals were responses. They, 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 they didn't put the game in Liverpool's hands. They brought the game back to an even playing ground and I'm so tired. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, mentally, that was one of the most exhausting things I've done, uh, and I'm pretty out of shape, so that's probably why. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, I want to hear uh, both of your personal player of the matches for this. So I'm tempted to, I feel like I need to 
say that Gabriel Jesus had a pretty solid performance. He had some pretty bad like miscues. Like uh, there was one where he decided to take a shot from a sort of tight angle on the right side instead of passing it back to De Bruyne, who was in space in the box. Um, that was in the second half. Uh, that was that was a, a miscue for sure, and De Bruyne was not. Uh, shy about expressing 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 his displeasure with that choice he had four shots in the game which i am willing to bet led all attackers um let me double check that i know it was more than yeah it was more than slot and mame and yeah yoda had two shots so yeah i think he i think he led the game there weren't a ton of shots in the game so four is like a pretty big bulk of the team shots that uh city had but I mean, for me, it's got to be De Bruyne. That guy just pulled all the strings in the midfield, and like, you know, Silva did his thing to kind of shepherd the ball up the field to De Bruyne, and then like he just pounced, man. Like I, I was just saying, like he was just a demon, man. He was everywhere. He was he ran the full ninety minutes. I mean, he had the goal, which was kind of unfortunate for Matip, um, you know, but he probably should have set up Sterling for an earlier goal. So maybe there was some sort of karmic balancing there. I, I don't know. But um, I mean, he just seemed to be doing a little bit of everything and he was just popping on the field, I thought. So I would say he's the man of the match for me. I, I was going to also go with De Bruyne, but I'm going to I'm going to switch. I was watching the play by play on my phone, rewatching the play by play on my phone. Uh, for the, like the last like 10 minutes of the game. And Rodri was the defender that was constantly dispossessing Liverpool's attack. He was, he was the one that was saving Man City's ass, basically, when, when Liverpool had the, the uh, not ammunition, they had the, the, the attack. They were... You know what happens after you score, and you're like, I, "Momentum, momentum." Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. When when Liverpool had the momentum because they had everything to lose and they needed to win this, Rodri was the man that headed away the corner. He was the man that dispossessed. I want to say Mane or no, it was Fabinho or Luis uh, Diaz. He was the person that was constantly winning back the ball for Man City's defense in that final, like, you know, whenever Liverpool had the big momentum switch. Yeah, Rodri's role in that sort of midfield as the midfield safety net for City is a tough one, I think, for basically anybody to pull off, but especially against a team like Liverpool who have attacking options out the wazoo and yeah i mean definitely had a, a solid performance that's not a bad shout for sure jacob do you have a man of the match and is it gonna be a liverpool player uh no i think it's telling because we each chose a member of the man city midfield uh, for this game because mine was bernardo silva um i think he was just utterly fantastic and moving the ball around <laughs> he's so good um i mean there's just like some ridiculous moments of him being able to uh get out of play uh, on his own or uh, being able to just keep running in like the the fact that uh, Man City's midfield was able to just totally negate Liverpool's midfield is just a testament to the kind of drive that Peps and Sills and these guys because that, that that's just that that's such a crazy thing that Liverpool were just bombing balls up the entire game it was it was it was it was so frustrating. And uh, I think, um, let me see right now here, uh, he had 96 touches. I think almost twice of that of De Bruyne. Uh, shows how reliant uh, City were on trying to get him for uh, using him to get forward and just kind of maintain possession. Uh, he had a good amount of tackles won, great uh, for ground duels. So, yeah, uh, I think that that was the reason uh, City were so dominant is they were just not letting Liverpool grow into the game at all. Uh, if I had to choose a good Liverpool player, probably either Thiago or Alexander-Arnold. Um, I think Alexander-Arnold had a pretty... You know, no, I'll say I'll go Thiago. He, he, had a, he was just able to facilitate the play well. And I, I think uh, if Mane... I mean, Yota, I think Yota had a chance that could have gotten the third goal, but it went right at Ederson. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought Van Dyke was pretty good. Oh, sh yeah. Like, <laughs> Sterling had this, like, nice break. 
um, down the left and Van Dyke just kind of like, you know, he does this thing. He just like glides back in position and then he just sort of stands there. <laughs> like he, he like completely unbothered by the whole situation. And he was basically like last ditch defending and Sterling just kind of like ran into him. Like he was a wall and then just lost the ball. And then he kind of just like pouted. He was just kind of like threw his hands out. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> and that was just the end of the break. And like the whole, you could, you could tell like you could, you could sense the the vibe in the bar. And it was like really tense when this is happening. Cause Sterling running at you is, is kind of a frightening situation. And then Van Dyke just like, yeah, just like whatever, man, just taps it away from him. And that was that thought, thought he was good. He was good. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the game. Um, also, I want to say like Allison was pretty good. Like his, some of the distribution was like so, so some of it was really spectacular and some of it was kind of off. But like some of the saves he was making, I know it was offsides, but there was one where um, they didn't uh, raise the flag right away. And there's a shot put on him that uh, I can't recall who it was from, um, but he just made like a beautiful save, you know, and there's the kick save at the beginning that saved the goal um, that Sterling should have finished. And I mean, it was those kind of margins that kept the game you know, tied and yeah, sent each team sure. home with a point. So I don't know. I mean, I thought he was really pretty spectacular, all things considered. Where do you think this puts the title race? Well, we uh, had our <laughs> debates, right? We we, we, yeah. we were two heavyweights, the, the two giants of, I guess the three giants, sorry, Maddie, of the soccer intelligentsia, <laughs> took our respective corners in the Liverpool-Man City debate. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I think I still have to back City, unfortunately, just given the... Uh, given the run they've got. Uh, maybe we'll get to it, but, you know, Liverpool still have a, a pretty big game on the horizon, I would say, in uh, in that Tottenham Yeah, picture. you know what? I'll say it. I'm, you know what? I don't care that you broke your arm. No, I'll, I'll say it. I, I, I still have uh, a degree of confidence in Liverpool. I think that the scales, as they sit, foreshadow a city fuck up. I think uh, there might be a bogey team somewhere in that mix. We don't know who it is yet. We don't know where it'll come from. But somewhere out there, the fuck is Newcastle's doing these days? (laughs) Yeah, and I think uh, you know the the ask of the ask of two teams to go and just win seven games in a row is as itself just a ridiculous prospect. Yes, to win seven soccer games in a row in the Premier League is not feasible, and to have the conversation be, yeah, I think City won't win seven games in a row or I think Liverpool won't win seven games in a row. Like, obviously. Yeah. Like, why would they? But And yet, here we are thinking that they might. It's just, like, what a race this has been. And... Oh, I'm what gonna, a great first season for us to do a podcast Yeah, see, this has been a crazy season, guys. A crazy season. <laughs> yeah, it really it really has. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I kind of feel like going into this game, I was like looking at it and I was like, I think I'm maybe, I'm more scared of this Liverpool team. I and mean, I think it's personal trauma uh, experiences with Liverpool. Okay. Um, but like, I think uh, for some reason, I just find them, I think Diaz was just like a really great signing that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, the attack just looks so daunting for any team um and i don't know it seems like they're just kind of always switched on and i think we've watched a couple of city games where i can't say that that was necessarily the case for them they look like they're just trying to glide through it and you know do the typical two nil city thing and so like yeah i mean that i think that just sort of leaves the door open for a mistake but it's sort of hard to bet against them just given that they are so damn good it, they're so damn good. I don't know. It's a, it's a toss-up, though. It's a toss-up. Liverpool have yet to face Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. And I think this is a beautiful point to transition to talking about Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Antonio Conte's new monster. <laughs> uh, it's alive. We have on the dock, we wrote uh, up yesterday, uh, two games. The Arsenal-Brighton game. And the Ooh. Aston Villa Tottenham game, and I think the one to talk about here because we are about fifty three minutes in uh, is Aston Villa Tottenham, uh, and I think it of the weekends that Tottenham could have had thus far in the Premier League, this was probably the most ideal one. 
Um, Manchester United dropped points, West Ham dropped points, Arsenal dropped points, and Tottenham put a convincing win uh, from the hands mostly of Hingman Son. Yeah. And crush Aston Villa four to nothing at their stadium. I guess I'll hand this over to you, Blair, because I think you're the most personally invested in the state of this Tottenham team. So yeah. can you just give me an overview of, you know, how they're operating now, your takeaways for Antonio Conte as he directs Tottenham to maybe a fourth place finish, maybe not. I won't say anything, <laughs> um, given the result to Brighton. But yeah, just you know, give me your thoughts. In their last six games. They've won five. They've lost to United in hilarious fashion. Uh, they've scored in, in uh, three of those matches. They've scored at least four goals and at minimum have scored two in a six in a six match run. Their attack is firing on many cylinders. Harry Kane, Hungman Son have been a formidable duo in the Premier League for quite a while, but now they look like they're on you know another level. Them probably what we've seen out of them maybe ever. Um, I'm not sure. I can't recall everything under the Pochettino era when they were pretty solid. So um, forgive me for not knowing my Spurs history. Um, I couldn't give a shit less, but they are, I mean, they're pretty damn good. And they added Kulisevsky, who's looking just really fantastic for them. I mean, I saw a stat, I think it was that they had scored 12 goals in their last 15 shots on target in the Premier League, which is an incredible return. And like, you would say that's luck and like, yeah, I think it is lucky, but also just look at the quality of the chances they're making. They're not like difficult shots. If you can make a free throw in the Premier League, that's not a penalty. They're shooting free throws oftentimes or layups. Let's call them layups. Um, there's a lot of basketball terminology used in this uh, podcast. By Detroit the way. sports fans. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just like they, they look pretty stout defensively. Villa had a really nice first half against Tottenham, um, but they couldn't put anything past uh, Yaris, who is a great shot stopper. I mean, I don't really rate his, his distribution things like that, but like he's a really top class stop shot or shop stopper shot stopper. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they look really great. Um, it's unfortunate for us. They're ascending at the right time of the season at the business end of the schedule. And I mean, you've got to rate them to be the favorites for fourth place now. I mean, just look at how they've been looking or how they've been playing and the injury issues we have at Arsenal. And I mean, that'll make and break a season. Can you uh, uh, delve into the calamitous week Arsenal had with Crystal Palace and what that <laughs> did to uh, your team with Brighton for a second, just to give a, some context around why Arsenal are now in your uh, eyes, scared of Tottenham. <laughs> Our bed sheets have been soiled, folks. We we lost Thomas Party to an injury, a thigh injury. I believe it's basically a re-aggravation of previous injury he's had with us. Coming out of the international break, like we've had some issues at Arsenal of you know just coming into form as a team. Um, they kind of the guys kind of come back slow, but like this was just was compounded with injury issues. So Tierney was announced before the game that he was going to be out, and then we found out that he was carrying an injury coming back from the Scotland setup uh, with some friendlies that he played an absurd amount of minutes that I'm very frustrated with, um, and is now going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, he's been obviously a huge part of our defense, uh, and you know goes forward for us as well. So that's a big loss for us. And we have to make up with that with, you know, pretty youthful replacement in Nuno Tavares, who's had his moments, uh, mostly bad, sometimes good. Um, so, you know, we are right now down our primary center, center mid with, with party, both of our starting fullbacks because Takahiro Tomiyasu has been out for quite some time with Cedric Suarez uh, filling in for him. He's been fine, but it's just not the same. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, we look pretty shaky at the back and we're having a hard time working the ball through the midfield, which is closing things down for us on the wings with, you know, Saka and Martinelli um, out wide. So, yeah, I mean, the balance of the team has been thrown off due to injuries and just, yeah, it's a bad time of the season for that to have, uh, have that happen for sure. So... I'm not bitter. You're bitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seems that it, uh, it all just is uh, timed right here for Tottenham. Would you say that our, our uh, Mikel Arteta uh, would be Rock Lee in this situation from uh, Naruto? God damn it. 
Uh, <laughs> it, you know, you can kind of see the resemblance here. Uh, with, Solid head of hair. He looks like with, uh, a beetle. <laughs> he does a little bit. Uh, and then would uh, Antonio Conte be uh, Gara from uh, Naruto? And these in the uh, tuning exams. <laughs> Yeah, let's just say yes. I have no idea. I've never watched the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so sorry, everybody, if you're still here. Uh, anyway, in that fight, uh, Gara um, fights Broccoli and just totally wrecks him. Uh, okay, and Broccoli uh, famously. Uh, not having any special abilities, Very he's just good at <laughs> at fighting. Uh, and then there's a moment where Rockley's master tells him to take off his weights, and he takes off these leg weights he's had beneath his clothes this entire time, oh. and he it, they drop, and it makes this thunderous boom because they're so heavy, and now Rockley can jump around at supersonic speeds, and Gara can't handle him. <laughs> and I think that's what might happen in the last part of the season for Arsenal is they might just come from behind and take Tottenham and. Get him out there for fourth place. <laughs> Thank you. I, I I appreciate your confidence. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just lean tip the scales heavily uh, in the bias uh, in, in in the bias towards Arsenal for a second and say that if there's two teams who, when there are stakes at play, have both built a reputation on fucking things up, it's Tottenham and Arsenal. And so, it may have looked like. It may look like right now we are doing our best to mess this up, but folks, maybe we just did it early. If you watched, if you we got ours out of the way, you know, first. And so if, if you've ever watched uh, Fast and Furious or Too Fast and Furious, the key is to not use your nitrous oxide too early. And you know that they've gone too early because Brian Walker will say too soon. And he's getting past, he's cool. He's calm. You mean Paul, Paul Walker? Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, his, what's his name? Brian... Brian something. It's Paul Walker. <laughs> it's Paul Walker, but his character's name is... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, it's Paul Walker. It's Paul Walker. He'll say, too soon, and he'll kind of smirk to himself, and then he hits a NOS, and he just flies on by. So maybe, that, maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll happen. Gotcha. So instead of Rock Lee, our, uh, Marcella Ted is Vin Diesel. Yeah, we're mixing metaphors. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Tottenham... Or Paul Walker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mikel Arteta is Dom Toretto. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Brian O'Connor. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. I need more NOS. <laughs> Give me more NOS. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's kind of like you have to kind of, you have to play the fuck up card and Arsenal played theirs early and Tottenham hope they don't have to play theirs for the rest of the season. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It, it seems like this, uh, this Aston Villa game, they just, Aston Villa didn't do themselves any favors because they couldn't finish. They couldn't finish. They had so many chances. So Steven Gerrard had these guys running the helter-skelter, you know, harassing Tottenham at every turn. Yeah. And uh, they turned these wonderful presses into fantastic attacking opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, facilitated by wonder boy, Philippe Coutinho. Yeah, he looked great. Mm. Chef's kiss. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they, they just couldn't put it away. There was the moment, I think everyone knows about this, uh, Philip Coutinho takes a free kick. You know, instead of backing up, he looks up, takes a quick chip over the defensive line, and Danny Ings is there. And he hits it right to Hugo Lloris. And everyone just kind of lets out a disappointed sigh in <laughs> yeah. Daniel Ingus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they he... He was really pulling the strings. He had uh, 0.6 XA uh, in the match. Coutinho did. And, I mean, uh, it was kind of unfortunate that Sun scored in the third minute um, off of a really nice finish uh, that bounced off the post and went in. Um, all credit to him, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, that sort of changed the tenor of the game. And Villa, I mean, I don't know. This might be outside of the City match, I guess, um, which, granted, was earlier in the Conte tenure, but... This might be the best plan, execution of a plan I've seen against Tottenham's uh, counterattacking so far. And it only lasted for about 45 minutes. And they, they weren't able to bottle them up in the second half. So, yeah, we still haven't seen a team um, on this consistent run for Tottenham. We still haven't seen a team that's been able to, to you know, plan around this really potent counterattack from Tottenham. Yeah, uh, just... Some of the score lines, it was uh, five to nothing at Everton. Uh, then they lost to Manchester United somehow. Uh, then two to nothing at Brighton, three to one at West Ham, five to one at Newcastle, and then four to nothing at Aston Villa. They're putting up some numbers. Antonio Conte is getting these boys rolling, and God forbid if Daniel Levy uh, acquiesces to his demands in the transfer market this uh, summer. 
Yeah, I mean, they could be on to something there. Maddie, did you have any thoughts on that game? Yeah. Oh, I did? I mean, I know you have a special hate for uh, Stephen Bergeron. For some reason. It's not a hate. Maybe it is a hate. I don't know. I hate him in a different way than I hate Raheem Sterling. You have many hates. I do. Yeah. I feel things a lot. (laughs) Um, I have a lot of feelings. She doesn't even go here. Conte said last week... Things are going to turn around. I finally discovered how to talk to the boys. And it was like, how how were you talking to them before? In Italian. Yeah. <laughs> did you learn that they don't speak Italian? How many months did it take you to realize you weren't in Italy anymore, Conte? I wonder, uh, just to bring back some totally, something that you might have not thought about in a while. Mm-hmm. How would Deli Alley be under this team right now? Deli Alley, uh, Everton star. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of tweets that are asking, why did Everton buy Deli Alley? <laughs> they don't use him. It's very weird. Uh, he'd probably be pretty good. I feel like you could stick, you could stick like a replacement level attacker in the kinds of spaces that Harry Kane is opening up for. Oh, Harry uh, Kane too. Man. For these Tottenham attackers that I think you could, you could put like, I, I feel confident in saying that you could put someone the likes of Timo Werner out there and he might actually score a goal in the Premier League this season. I mean, like against more than just Southampton? <laughs> yeah, they did just slap Southampton yeah. into the he earth. scored two goals against Southampton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we can, I mean, Southampton, uh, we don't have to talk about them. Um, do, do, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Yeah, have you noticed how compact... Raheem Sterling's running form is? I try not to look at him. Can you elaborate on what that means? He has, a, he's very efficient. And so like, it looks like most of the movement in his, in, uh, how do I say this? His torso is very balanced. So he kind of runs with it like a, like a forward, right? He leans forward. But like, he, you don't see like his shoulders dipping on either side very much. He runs like with his head up and his uh his eyes forward and yeah like the the movement um down like he he wouldn't deviate from his center line very much he doesn't like plod no back flailing. and forth yeah he just runs like super compact like a like a robot like a like, like a, a chicken because their heads like always like are level have you seen that you, you kind you, like, of like that the body yeah, yeah yeah kind of like that but the body is also stable it's like a robot. Like if you've ever seen like iRobot where the, the robots run, it's like just the arms and the legs are doing the motion and there's just like Ryan that's a little terrifying a as an image. I've it's never noticed that. Yeah, he's just it's really compact. It's really compact. And I think it's just like efficient sprinting form. But conserving energy. <laughs> Sixty seven minutes in, I am at twenty three percent power. <laughs> Need water. Need water. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll take a look at it. I don't know. Yeah, he just doesn't waste energy on needless movement in his sprinting form. Mm, we could all learn a thing or two from him. Maddie, any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Big win for Lester this weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ola Lookman with a v- nice shot and our one and only Kieran and Dewsbury hall with just a banger from outside. Uh, and Casperish Michael with two PK saves. So, by the same man within 30 seconds of each other. So big weekend. We haven't lost in eight games at home. Bingo, bango. There you go. Jingo, jingo. Huge. I think that's all from the Plastics Podcast. Uh, I'd like to close out with my undefeated New York Mets are up 2-1 to one against the Washington Nationals in the middle of the seventh inning. Uh, and after, you're, um, after we're done listening, of course, we're going to go watch our New York Mets. Mm. First in the East. We've got a, a big closet in the apartment, and when the Mets are on, we just roll out four Lazy Boy chairs, yep. and we all respectively fall asleep in our own Lazy Boy chairs. <laughs> it's, like, yep. it's like the, yeah, we have, it's like we have our own bowls of porridge and uh, Lazy Boy chairs, and we watch. It's true. It is true. Mets baseball. Yep. We sleep to Mets baseball. Yeah. And we've got flags up everywhere Bucks with their Walter, logo. Baby. We've got Buck's face printed on our wall. Got a little shrine. Yeah. I, yep. 
there's okay here's some let, here, let's close with some fun uh mlb manager names Tony Larusa, mm. hey Tony Larusa, hey, 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 I get you my cousin Tony over here. I'll take care of you real quick, okay? Tommy Lasorda, hey, it's Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> a lot, of, yeah, a lot of uh, kind of Italian sounding names in these. Tommy Lasorda, they call him two time Tommy. Has to be retired. Oh yeah, because he gave everything two times. He died. Okay, Tommy, 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 Tommy Lasorda, Lasorda. <laughs> Joe Girardi. There's another one. Is Joe Girardi. Hey, hey, I'm Joey. here to pick up the check. <laughs> Dusty Baker, we talked about. That's a great one. I'm Dusty Baker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you sure he's a like a baseball man? <laughs> Dusty. <laughs> Don't let me get you striking out again. <laughs> I do think Buck Showalter might be the best one, though. Buck Showalter sounds like he's from you the gotta, South. You gotta let the B like burst out. Buck Showalter. There's one named Aaron Boone. <laughs> Aaron Boone, see. <laughs> I'm gonna take you boys to victory. <laughs> I don't know why they're all grabbing. Yeah, I don't know why you're going so deep with these guys. <laughs> yeah, there's another guy named Bud. Bud Black for the Bud, Colorado Rockies. No, 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 no. Bud McField. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco Baldelli. Ooh, the that's cool Rocco. Name. That's a cool name. That's a really that is cool a cool name. name. That's a cool name. Jace Tingler, San oh. Diego Padres. <laughs> Maybe not, huh? Hey, I, I like him. Your last name is Tingler. Ooh, Maddie Cash's long co- lost cousin, Kevin Cash, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Kevin Cash here. I'm here stop, to do stop, baseball. Stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's it, guys. Where can you find us? Yeah, what's all the social meds? Um, you got the uh, Plastics Pod on Instagram. The uh, Plastics Pod on Twitter. The Plastics Pod on Twitter. Instagram is Plastics Podcast. You can find us on... Uh, not even going to say YouTube anymore. You can email <laughs> us, plasticspodcontact at gmail.com. What is this for, then? Oh, the reels. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the reels are, get us the most views on anything. Right. Don't, um, tell, don't tell them that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just the smallest. Stay like, behind the curtain. Stay behind the curtain. We're literally in front of the curtain. It's a, she's, got a, she's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you for listening. Write in, subscribe, message. Send uh, us letters. Rate. Yeah, if you want to send a snail mail we can open a P.O. Box. Tell you what, you DM me asking to go to a New York Mets game. I'll buy us a couple of tickets and we'll go. Wow. wow. That's such an offer. He hasn't even offered us that. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Liverpool are going to win the season. Oof. Cheers. <laughs>